All right. Give me a few minutes to teach you. All right. I feel like the Holy Spirit's just been from the beginning. I felt there's a great, there's great intimacy here today. All right. Just great intimacy. Um, so we're in a teaching on harvest. Uh, and uh, this, is that, this is that third message on harvest. Uh, together is the message, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That is the harvest of the Lord, okay? How are people saved? By grace, through faith in Jesus. Somebody say it, by grace, by grace. through faith Amen. in Jesus. That's what we're saved. And then we're changed. Are you changed before you're saved or after you're saved? Okay? There, there's, there's so many people that will never come to Christ one of the reasons they don't want to come to Christ is because they say, well, I can't do that. How many came to Christ first? Is there anybody besides me? You came to Christ first. And uh, how many believe that he still loves you when you fail? Here's, here's my understanding of grace, okay? How many have little children that mess their pants? All right? And how many have ever tried to potty train a child before? Okay? And they didn't do it perfectly. Now here's, 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 what, here's what some people would have you do. If that child messes their pants, throw them out of the house. Just throw them out. All right? Now how, how ridiculous is that? Okay? It takes time to grow up. It takes effort. It takes a family. Does that make sense to anyone? So we're here together and everybody's at different levels. When, in coming to Christ, you come as a baby to Christ, right? He, he accepts you and he doesn't, he doesn't forbid you. He says, come to me. Everybody come to me, all right? So just, just because you're messed up does not mean that the Lord wants to throw you out. In fact, he wants to draw you to himself. So you're children of God. He never says, come, grown-ups of God. No, it's always children, Right? Your brothers and sisters, so come as you are by faith. So the Lord is adding daily to the church those who are being saved. And then we mature, we grow. And if, if you continue in that scripture in Ephesians, we're saved not by our works, but we're saved unto good works. So you don't do good works to get saved. He did the good work to save you. And then he transforms you into individuals that, that, that do good work. So uh, in, in this, in this uh, understanding... That's what the harvest is. Just because you're in the ground and planted doesn't mean you're a fruit bearer yet. You got to grow up. You got to grow. And that's what these teachings are telling us. We are, we are saying, be strong, be courageous. The Lord is with you. So I want you to understand this truth that to, to go to the promised land, I want you to be strong. Make a move towards the Lord Jesus. Let's continue in this teaching. We've been talking about. The harvest, the compassionate harvest. And today I want to talk to you about a greater harvest. And looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. In other words, he's in charge of it all. He's in charge of all of it. You have to sow, right? But he provides the seed for you to sow. And he will enlarge the harvest. And, and here's the deal. It's the harvest of your righteousness. So he provides righteousness through the Lord Jesus. 
And then we do righteous works. And he increases our ability to accomplish that. And in 2 Corinthians 9, if you look at this whole scripture, uh, he says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Uh, I, there's so much in that particular teaching, and I'll come back to it later in this teaching. But, but here's the idea. Uh, how many have heard the teaching that God loves a cheerful giver? Anybody ever heard that? So here's, here's what he, he does. He says, I want to inform you. This is what he does. Paul does this. He, I want to inform you that I'm coming and I want you to be ready to give when I get there. You like that? So one of the reasons that some people feel so messed up when it comes to works and giving and sowing is because they always feel like they're on the spot. So just so you know this, God says, I'm going to bless you so you can give. Amen. I'm going to bless you so you can serve. Amen. So just get ready to give and get ready to serve. Amen. All right. And I want you to know this. I want you to be cheerful and joyous about it. Anybody glad you can serve God? Anybody glad you can give? Anybody been to that place where you couldn't do nothing? Anybody been there? How many are thankful? So then you get to the place where you can work, the place where you can give, and then you don't do it. You say, well, what's up? Why, why do I feel like I don't have anything? Well, God is a good gardener. He gives seed to those who will sow. Right? So he gives seed, and the expectation is that you will sow. You, so, so I want to talk to you today about a greater harvest. And let me just ask you this question. What if I were to tell you that this is the season you've been waiting for? Come on. This is the season that you've been waiting for. Uh, this, this, uh, this is a whole new level of harvesting. A whole new level of blessing. Uh, a whole new level of greater than. All right? Anybody get what I'm saying right now? What if I were to tell you, would you even believe me? Would you say, no, he's just trying to manipulate me. Just trying to, I've been in this mess for so long. I've been in this situation for so long. I just don't know if God is even into doing this. I think, I think God just kind of sat me in a barren place. And that's just what, I just got to learn to live in a place of no expectation. In fact, Pastor Rick, if you would help me today, don't try to get my hopes up. Please, don't encourage me today. Because sometimes I feel less depressed by being hopeless. Some of you know what I'm saying, right? It ain't never going to get no better than, for, pardon my grammar, but it's, it's going to be this messy for the rest of my days. I don't expect increase. I don't expect healing. I don't expect my family to get better, my home to get better. This old raggedy car I've been driving that barely gets me down the road, that's what I expect. I expect my roof to leak forever. I'm going to come to church and praise God, but don't, don't ask me to get my hope high. How miserable is that? Doesn't that sound demonic to you? Doesn't that sound demonic to you? 
And, and so you know, again, we live in a highly populated universe. Some of the thoughts that you have, some of the thinking that you have is not heaven's thinking. Sometimes right there, anybody know what I'm saying? Right there in the front of your thoughts, right there, right there, those thoughts that go round and round and round. Anybody got that? And it's just depressing and it's, it just rips at your heart. Anybody have that going on? A lot of that mess is not from heaven. It's from hell. I need to change the way I think. Wave at me. Anybody with me on this? I need to change the way I think. I need some people in my life to help me with this. So I'm talking about a whole new level of harvesting, a, a greater harvest than before. But, but, but when I say this, you say, well, you know, that's what preachers say when they want something. Can I tell you what I want? I want you to be whole. I want you to be well. I want you to be set free. Well, I, I taught you about this on Wednesday night for some of you. Somebody shout amen. amen. See, some of you think that's a religious word. You ought to start saying amen religiously. Amen. All right, because amen, if you, if you go into the, the it's, it's one of those words that was transliterated in such a way until it still means today what it meant yesterday. Amen. So when you shout amen, somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yes. It's like when you say something and the word of God agrees and your spirit is ready to agree with it, what you need to do is say yes. And sometimes when your head does not agree with it, you need to take your thoughts captive and say yes, because that's exactly what needs to happen in my life. Somebody say amen. amen. So the, the suggestion in the word is that God keeps doing Bigger and better than you have ever seen before. Amen. Right? Amen. See? So, so you ready to go here? This is the season you've been waiting for. Amen. Yeah, you, just, you just left me all by myself. This is the season you've been waiting for. Amen. And what does that look like? Isaiah chapter 43, 19. You're going to like this. See, I am doing a new thing. You read the first line. Come on, read it. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I, I didn't tell Matt and the guys to sing that tune, Waymaker, this morning. I did not. But Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. So, come on, read that out loud with me. Let your spirit read that. See, this is the words of God. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Kind of sounds like desert streams, doesn't it? That's good stuff. Hello. Hello, living waters. You know what it means. The, the words here are somewhat interchangeable where it says desert and wasteland. Uh, it's very good preaching words because, you know, preachers, we like to get like five or six words and add them together, you know. And desert, wasteland, it is, uh, a, basically it, it's translated as a desolate place. A state of bleak and dismal emptiness. Anybody ever experienced that before? Ever been in a state, a condition of it? God says, 
I want to give you streams and pathways where you have had bleak and dismal emptiness. I want to give you streams. I want to bring water to places that are barren and dry. In in Hebrews chapter 6, here's another uh, verse that will go kind of hand in hand. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and a faith in God. Instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So, are we talking to believers right now? Am I talking to some Christians? What I'm saying is, uh, some of you have been repenting for a long time. You have been barely saved most of your life. And constantly, yes, we know we should lay hands on you. And yes, we know there's a heaven to gain. And yes, we know we don't want to go to hell, right? How many know that Jesus is alive? Anybody know that? So what I'm saying is, is God wants to get you even beyond that. He wants you to to get to a life of blessing, of greater harvest than you've ever been before. This... uh, you know, I'm, I, I watched that godless show called Dancing with the Stars. I, my daughter sings on it, and so I watch it, okay? And, uh, and, and Monday when she's saying, I don't know if you heard that, I went and posted it on my Facebook because uh, she's saying, uh, she, they, they brought her on the platform, and she and another guy sang uh, a piece of a song called Shallow. And uh, it's a Grammy Award winning song out of a movie called A Star is Born. And Lady Gaga sang it. And I'm thinking, Lady Gaga saw my little girl sing that song. She's probably Gaga now. You know, it's just because she she slayed it. All right. And, uh, uh, you know, I I was I was listening to it and thinking about it. And then I went back to when I heard that a, a movie's coming out, A Star is Born. And I thought, really? They're remaking A Star is Born? Because uh, was there anybody around in 1976, 77, 78 when Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand did a movie called A Star is Born? Anybody remember that? Okay, so I remember that. I wasn't allowed to go to the movies in those days. And, uh, but we saw it. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, I believe it was one of our proms. We saw the movie and... Uh, that song, anybody ever heard the song Evergreen? Yes. Okay? Don't make me call my wife up here sing that song right now. Because I'm telling you. Uh, it's all right. I ain't got, I got time. Right? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Love, soft as an easy chair. Love. Okay, okay. All right. You all y'all losing your spirit right now. Okay, come back. She sang that song to me at our wedding in 1981. And Jesus. You know, no wonder I'm still married 38 years later. You know, I just. Uh, I like the old song. I really do. I like anybody like old songs. I like old songs. I like I, I like old songs. I I like uh, like uh, the, the movie, uh, the new movie, it, uh, The Star is Born. I, we were on an airplane, and it was on the airplane. I tried to watch a little bit. It did a little, got a little too nasty for me. I had to watch something else, all right? But, but uh, still, me saying this, uh, just because it new, it's new don't make it good. 
And just because it's old don't mean it's better. Because, let me get on and preach this, all right? The, the, the thing is, the thing is, is that God wants to do a new thing. And sometimes we don't see a new thing because we're so satisfied with the old. We're not ready for a remake. We're not ready for something to be added to it. And I, I think I need to say that to myself on occasion because I could just slip back and say, well, it's always been like that. It's one of the greatest curses that we have is... Well, why don't you do something different? Because it's always been this way before. And the always been this way before, sometimes we add religion to it and we say, uh, because we've always done it, that's the way God wants it that way. Well, what if you've been in bondage all your life? What? Come on, what if you've been living under a curse for all your life? God would say to you, I've been wanting to set you free for a long, long time, but you get satisfied in Babylon. Look at that scripture again, Isaiah 43. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert. I'm making streams in the wasteland. I like the old stuff, but you can get Stuck in old things. Now, now read that word new thing. Somebody shout new thing. Yeah. See, I, anybody had some old revival? Anybody had some old revival in your life? Anybody remember that when you got saved and full of the Holy Spirit? But get, guess what? There are new and greater things that God wants to do in your life. What does a greater, greater harvest mean to you? Look, look back at what the Lord has done. How many have testimonies about what the Lord has done? Wave at me. Anybody have testimonies about what the Lord has done? I mean, I love, I love testimonies. I do love them. But what if God wanted to do something even greater than what he's done before in your life? Man, he's done that, so I believe him. What about believing him for what's next? A greater blessing requires a greater vision. Do you not see it? Somebody shout it. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? Sometimes we use that word see in a peculiar way. Uh, come on. I want you to focus. I want you to see what I'm saying. Do you, do you see the words? Seeing is perception is what it is. And sometimes whether you have eyes or not, you can still see things. I mean, Jesus actually talked about blind men who could see better than people who had eyes. And, and so I want you to see. Do you not see it and and i've understood this i had that revelation earlier a few months ago i had this revelation uh and i, I talked to you about it a bit the revelation was from this perspective and that was i went to the eye doctor they changed my prescription uh they then gave me some different glasses to wear on occasion and uh and i put them on and i just couldn't see and I looked at the optometrist. I said, you guys have done something wrong. And the optometrist explained to me that it wasn't the prescription. It was my brain. And that I was going to have to look through different lenses for a little while until my brain would adjust. And I'm telling you that there are people in the room this morning and some of you have some ruts in your brain. 
because you have been believing some things for so long that you believe it is an impossibility to see anything greater than what you have seen in your past. You've been hurt. Come on, you have complained. I don't mean to bust on you because I've been there too for so long that you don't expect that God can do anything better than He's done in the past. Listen, Dr. Jesus came by, wants to give you a new prescription and you're struggling looking through the new lenses because it's always been a different way before. Literally in your brain, you get grooves in your brain. Say, my brain is groovy. Yeah, and you need some new grooves. If you're going to have a greater harvest, you need to see things differently. But it's difficult because when I say God's going to do something new, you have to trust that by the Holy Spirit. And then you have to keep speaking the word of God, even when it seems like it's wrong. Am I preaching anything to anybody? So, so let, let me help you with your understanding of this, what it feels like. Uh, anybody go to the state fair? Anybody been to the state fair? Okay, so it, for the first time, Diane and I drove to the state fair uh, on Monday. We took a little time, thought we'd take a drive. And, uh, and it's really cool because when you come out of Newport News now, there is a wide highway. Right? But then as you get close to Williamsburg, there is road construction. Okay, uh, how many have ever been driving down the road and you see a sign that says road construction? And all you can see is the road construction sign. Road construction, that means I'm going to have to slow down. I'm going to have to focus on where I'm driving right now. Okay, now here's something that I know. That smooth highway that I was on before, uh, last year and the year before that, it wasn't so smooth. Because they were tearing up some of the median and they were making more lanes to drive in so that we would not have the traffic jams when we were driving uh, from Hampton Roads towards Richmond and from Richmond back to Hampton Roads. I was so thankful now that they were wide. But somebody had some vision and said, what we're going to do is we're going to make wider roads so that people can travel in this area on a better pathway. And they had a vision. And then they had to put up signs that other people did not necessarily like. But an engineer somewhere said, I'm going to put the signs up and dig a new pathway. Meanwhile, all of us say, I can't believe they're tearing up the road again. It was just fine the way it always was before. Aren't you glad somebody had a vision? Don't you think we'd be good to stop complaining about some of the things that are getting torn up in our lives right now? Some of us are going through some things, but it's a part of a greater harvest. And you say, why am I frustrated about this right now? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will stir things up inside of you so you can say, hey, what if I trusted in God in this particular way? What if I went ahead and planted in my home, in my family? What if I went ahead and took a chance and said, God is doing something right now and praise God in a difficult circumstance because God is making a way in the desert. Come on. And streams in the wasteland. Some of us don't get this because we see what he has done before and we don't see what he's going to do next. 
If you look at Isaiah 43 and then back up to verse 17, God says this. This is the word of God. He says, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all of that. What? Forget all of that? He said, forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness and I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. Before he said that, he took them to the greatest miracle they ever knew. Now they were in Babylon at this particular time. They were in Babylon. They were wondering what was going to happen in their life. They were tired. They wanted to go home. They, they want the promises of God. And God gives them huge promises from a new perspective. Saying, look, I'm the same God who brought you out of slavery. Somebody praise God that he delivered you. I'm the same God who delivered you from the wilderness. But he said, just so you know, I had plans beyond that. I brought you out through a wasteland before. I gave you water from the rock. He's saying, but I'm still the Lord of the harvest, even though you turned your back on me. I'm still looking for a way to bless you. Go on to say, I have a plan to crush Babylon. I have a plan to bring you to your home. I have a greater plan for your redemption. Even beyond this, the Messiah is coming. So this is a hard thing to hear. It's a hard thing to receive when you see the backstory and you see where Israel is. You can hear that God is saying, I've been trying to bless you. I want to do a new thing. Not the same thing. But in the same way I tried to bless you before, I'm ready to do it on a larger level. I know you turned your back on me. I know you failed me. I know you committed adultery on me. But I'm ready to do a new thing. If you can believe it. All your life I've been trying to bless you, he says. The problem we see is that over the years, God has always been trying to bless Israel. He's always been trying to pour blessing also, listen, also to pour blessing through them. Notice why Israel is a nation. You find it in Genesis chapter 12. It's called the Abrahamic blessing. Here's the blessing. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land. I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. What nation is that? Israel. Okay. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Anybody been to Israel before? Wow. He says, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And you don't even have to defend yourself. I'll curse those who curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I'm teaching reality here, okay? So the teaching is that God didn't just bless Abraham to bless Abraham. He blessed Abraham to bless others through him. So you say, God, bless me. No, no. You're just going to hoard all your seed to yourself. Bless me, Jesus. Bless me. No, God wants to raise you up because there are people that you are going to touch that he is going to bless through you. So you say, this is not just about me. Come on, look at somebody. Say, it ain't just about you. 
I want to bless you so that thousands... Listen, God wants to bless you to change your world. He wants to bless you to change the nation. Anybody hear what I'm saying? He's blessing you to bless others. He said, look at this. He says, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's a prophetic statement. It goes, it's the Messiah and beyond the Messiah. Jesus provided a better way for you to be blessed. He did it through the cross. He, in fact, Jesus is the path for greater harvest. Somebody praise the name of Jesus. Would you do that? Praise the name of Jesus. Jesus is the path for a greater harvest. In Hebrews 6, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, Jesus, let us go on to perfection. Just say it. Go on to perfection. Say it. We've overcome so much through Christ. Anybody know that you've overcome so much? Anybody glad that you can overcome shame through Jesus? We've got a world right now that's trying to discover who they really are and to be their true self. I'm going to tell you this. Without Jesus, you will never be true. Amen. He is the way and the truth. Right? So through Jesus, through Jesus, you don't have to live in shame. You don't have to live in your weakness. Your past and your, your, your past, God dealt with death, hell, and the grave at the cross. So your past doesn't control you anymore. Somebody has to embrace this right now, okay? Embrace this. Uh, so so there, anybody glad, glad you're at freedom? Anybody glad? We broke, some, we broke some barriers around here years ago. We're still breaking them. Uh, because the church is supposed to be the church of every tribe and every nation. So I love this. Aren't you glad that anybody can come to Jesus here? Anybody glad for that? People need this. You, you need this. This is where we have to start. Don't get stuck. Everyone needs this. The devastation in our nation relationally and emotionally is staggering. I don't have to give you stats. So, so when I tell you about a greater harvest, I want you to know it's not just about you. Others need to be set free. How many know that I have a lot of children? Anybody know I have a lot of children? I got a lot of kids. Some of you look at me and say, no, you got two. No. You don't pastor as long as I pastor without having a lot of kids. I have seen so many people come to the Lord Jesus. I've got kids that are older than me. Anybody? Somebody thank God. All right. Thank God. Now, I'm, I'm telling you that I've seen a lot of lives change. Now, can I tell you? It's your turn. I want. Listen, I want sons and daughters to come out of your life because we're raising up nations. I was looking. I was talking to Cliff the other day. You know, in fact, I talked to him this morning and about kinship. We praise God. Kinship just is rolling. All right. So uh, you haven't started and you're too late now. You'll get into it the next time, all right? But uh, I'm telling you, God's doing some good stuff, all right? But, but Cliff, I don't I'm, I build you up too much, big brother, but, uh, but he wasn't always that guy. God had to get a hold of him and change, am I right? And change his life. Looking at Tom and Terry over here, worked in living waters. But if you knew their nasty story... You're not with me right now. Everybody, everybody, 
I'm saying that now they have children and children's children. Look, I have seen people get saved who I saw their daddies get saved and their mamas get saved. I've seen it open up. You see, your greater harvest is beyond you. Jesus didn't come just for me. He came for those also that he will touch through my life. I'm calling you to ministry right now. I'm saying, listen, look at this face. I'm calling you to ministry. I'm calling you to do something for the kingdom of God. I'm saying it's time for God's people to get their hand in the dirt, to get their hand in, in the harvest and see him do great things. I've got to be finished right now. Amen. Amen. Matthew 28, Jesus told his disciples, I've, I've given you authority. I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. So he's saying, therefore, go. Because of the authority I have, I'm giving you authority. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So I'm turning October into go month. Somebody shout go. Go. All right, so next Sunday... Anybody, anybody go to school? Anybody go to school? Anybody go to college? Anybody work at school? Okay. So next Sunday, I'm taking pictures, school pictures. All right. I want you to go and get me some classmates and bring them to church next Sunday. So I can preach them. Don't look at me so funny. Why are you telling me to go? I preached all of this, and then I tell you to go, and you're doing exactly what the disciples did. You're sitting there staring at me like I'm ascending into heaven. No, Pastor, you come back and you do it. No, I want you to go. I want you to go to the classes that you go to. I'm not in school anymore. Yeah, but you work out. You know, there are places that you I want you to go. And then on October 20th, I want you to bring a friend. We're going to give away gifts to friends. And would you do that? Anybody bring a friend? Or you can bring everybody every Sunday if you want. And then the night, last Sunday, I want you to bring your community. I want you to bring family. I want you to bring neighbors. I want you to bring your community. And we'll, we're going to have a reception in the front yard, welcoming everybody to the house. And I'm going to come alongside you, but I want you to go. Somebody shout, go, go, go. And don't just invite people to church. Some people think my job is just to invite people to church. No, I want you to go, and I want you to preach. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. Yes, you are. How many have a testimony of what God has done for you? Anybody? How many believe that Jesus is alive? Anybody believe that? Say, they'll think I'm a fanatic. They'll throw me out of school. Stop listening to what the devil is telling you. Somebody shout, go. go. November, I want to have a baptism day. And on that particular baptism day, anybody that you bring who gives their life to Jesus, I want you to get in the water and help me baptize them. Nah, I'm making you crazy. <laughs> Jesus didn't say to go to certain nations or just to go to good people. He said go to everybody. Baptize and teach them. That's beautiful at freedom. You see, the greater harvest is the harvest of souls. It doesn't matter who you are or what your background is. Jesus came to save people and he wants to save people through you. Stand up with me while I finish. I have two minutes. God wants to involve you in a greater harvest. Look at somebody and say, God wants to involve you in a greater harvest. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. 
That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at, at His right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him, Jesus, to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of of Him who fills everything in every way. That scripture is just too big. This is a statement of possibility. The riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and His incomparably great power for us who believe. There is a New Testament understanding, and this is it. The New Testament understanding is very clear in the early church. God wants to pour His power through you in order that a great harvest would be. Tell somebody, God wants to pour His power through you. Tell them. He wants to bless us. He wants to use us. So, so don't get confused with this next statement in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap. God is saying, listen, the problem with blessing is not me. I want to do a new thing. What are you going to do about that? I'm just going to sit here and wait. I'm just going to sit here on my backside. and God's good. All the time. He's good all the time. So I'm just going to sit here. He's so good that he wants to love the people that you love. Reach the people within your reach. It, 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 it applies also to giving but it applies in all areas of the harvest. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. How many know that is that, that talks about money, right? How many believe that the topic is even larger than that? Some of you, when I call you to the greatest harvest, feel as angry as if I'd asked everybody to give $100. I want everybody right now to come down and give $100. What kind of crazy preacher is he? All he wants is money. Okay. Keep your money. I want everybody in this house to go and reach a hundred people. I'm not an evangelist. I can't go. What's the devil? Take the word of God and twist it to get you not to be involved in reaching the harvest. There is a greater harvest. Now watch. He wants you to be rich in every way, in every situation. How many know he wants to heal us? He wants to bless us. How many know he will prosper us? Can I get an amen from somebody? He'll prosper us. He will. He will bless you. He will prosper you. He will use you. He will use you. Because he gives seed to the sower. You say, I don't know what to say. He'll give you the words to say. You will reach where you've never reached before. I don't have the strength. How many know he'll give you the strength? He'll bring physicians around you to help you. Get in the kingdom of God. He knows how to take care of what belongs to him. Don't lay up your treasure on earth alone. Matthew 6, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat, rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store up treasures in heaven. Yes, give money. Yes, help us with chairs and squares. Buy a hundred if you can. But, but listen, buying a chair 
shouldn't be just so we have pretty chairs. We buy chairs so people come and sit in them and be a part of the family of God. Serve, pray, teach, lead, work. You say it's worthless. You say, I don't think it matters. I say, if God can make a way in the desert and the wasteland, he can use your desolate life if you will trust him. Somebody give thanks for the word. Anybody feel called now? How many feel a calling upon your life? Anybody feel a calling? Anybody feel a calling to reach the lost? To reach hurting people? Where are you? Nobody raising your hand. Preach my guts out up here. Just, all I'm asking you to do is lift your hands. You know? You do? Hold up your hands. That's ten. How many believe God you can reach ten people before the end of this year? authority of the name of Jesus Christ I say receive the Holy Spirit everybody just say yes yes I receive the Holy Spirit now I anoint you with the Spirit and I call you into the work of the kingdom into the harvest field I call all of you I say in Jesus name you will be equipped in order to accomplish things that you never thought were possible. I say in the name of Jesus that you are disciples of the Lord Jesus. That you are harvesters. You are planters, waterers. You are fruit bearers. And I call upon you and I say, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believes and is baptized will be saved. Wave at me, wave at me. I anoint you. Now close your eyes. As we anoint you with oil, as we anoint you with oil, we say in the name of Jesus, with this anointing, we say in the name of Jesus, 
the Lord is going to reveal to you individuals that he has called you to. Some of them may never come to this church, but they will come into the kingdom. People that you're going to call on the phone. People that you're going to message. Names flooding into your heart now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now I'm telling you one other thing. Keep your hands and stay in this posture. I also say that God will not allow you to stay in bondage because His purpose is too great for you. So as you lift your hands and you've received this calling and you've said yes, I also say God will make a way in your desolate place. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be blessed. Finances be corrected in the name of, of Jesus. Your home comes together. Your family's coming together. And it's going to be a testimony to others. Come in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue and anoint people as we sing. I bless you all. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Give you peace. Go into a greater harvest field. The Lord is going to do what you have always truly wanted him to do. Bring in your harvest. Be dismissed as you choose. God bless you all. Keep singing. We're going to pray for people in